is Moving Pictures. I'm your host, Brent Gunn, and with me as always is Mitch. Mitch, how about you say hi? Hello, everyone. This is Mitchell Kalka, um, community, assistant community editor for Central Michigan Life and um, fellow podcaster. So it's the first episode of season two, first episode of the new year. Um, today, we wanted to talk about something that isn't as much of a hot topic as you know it was probably about a month or so mm-hmm, ago. Yeah. But um, we want to talk about net neutrality today. And, you know, we're not here to give you a political lesson on, you know, what it is or any kind of message about the politicism of it. We want to talk about what it's going to mean for people like me who are BCA majors. Um, Mitch, you're a journalism major, correct? Mm, Yes. So I think both of us have a little bit of a uh, stake in this, in that something like net neutrality directly is going to affect our careers coming out of Know, CMU. Yeah, as hopeful um, future like media um, creators, this obviously like will have an effect for the foreseeable future, depending on what, what else, like how else it evolves. Right. So, for those of you who don't know, um, net neutrality is a really basic concept of all um, traffic on the internet is treated with basically the same level of. Um, respect, for lack of a better word. It's all treated equally, like yeah. all traffic online. Mm-hmm. And with, with the repeal of it, we're just going to touch very briefly on the mm-hmm. you know semantics of it. But if net neutrality is fully repealed and people like Ajit Pai you know, get their way, um, what that could potentially mean is that um, your ISPs can block certain access to certain sites. There's fast lanes for other things. Mm-hmm. And... One really big example that people have been bringing up is Netflix, but it really goes a lot more beyond just, oh, you may have to pay more for Netflix, or it could be slower to uh, go onto this streaming service, it may be slower to stream movies on Hulu. Mm -hmm. I think it's a much more serious problem for people like us, specifically, you know, BCA majors, because all of us are going to have to use the internet to market ourselves, Mm -hmm. to get our names out there, to get our work out there. Um, especially someone like you in the journalism field, mm-hmm. you rely heavily yeah. on the internet as a resource. Absolutely. And uh, without that and without being able to bring your voice forward, let's say you work for an independent publication, mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot harder for people to find your publication than it will be to find the sun. Yeah. And net neutrality tries to prevent that from happening, saying if you're on the internet, it's going to be just as easy to find, you know, uh, your resource for news as it is another, mm-hmm. an ISP can't favor one or the other. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and that yeah. was something that um, that neutrality um, did kind of um, even the playing field for more um, for um, content creators with res- less less resources, um, less notoriety. Yeah, the, um, the little guys, the little the little guys of um, media content creation, and now um, even after just like two short years, it's kind of back to where it was beforehand, where it's going to be very much harder for um, people to get their content out there, to get their voices out there, um, as opposed to people with more resources and more money to throw behind um, uh, their messages. Right. And um, just to kind of build off of that, you know, talking on the the little guy aspect, we're all going to have to be little guys out of college, Mm -hmm. Um, specifically with terms to you know, filmmaking, which is, you know, what I want to get get into after CMU, um, it's a lot of networking. 
Yeah. It's a lot of you're finding this person in this small communication setting and you're talking to this person who's talking to this person who's all in charge of these small little production companies mm-hmm. who probably thrive through social media. Yeah. Because now is really the perfect time to get into this industry from an independent mm-hmm. mindset. It's the perfect time for you to go to college right now and want to be a filmmaker because mm-hmm. you don't really even have to go to college to be a filmmaker in the first place. But the market and the industry has changed so much over the last probably 10 to 15 years that you can make a movie quite literally with your iPhone, like Mm -hmm. uh, Sean Baker's Tangerine, send it out to these film festivals, and Mm -hmm. you have a career. Mm -hmm. Uh, He he just did the Flora Project. Yeah. And networking is a pretty important um, concept. Throughout, like all like me- media um, cre- creation um, area- areas of like study, um, that's very important to journalists as well. Like we're always encouraged to network, 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 and that's really um, like a free and open internet, like a free as free as open as possible is really like one of the best possible um, tools to do that. Like you can literally talk to anybody in the world who has access to the internet, right? And like, um. Yeah, this kind of that's the the thought that like this is going to be re- restricted in the future um for people without the same resources is definitely I think a lot of people have called it like an existential threat to kind of the the um um less popular um content creators. Right. That's very much I believe true. Yeah, um definitely and uh we, we're going to talk a little bit more about, you know, other creators, how this really affects. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, with terms to filmmaking and then conversely, like just from a more like pragmatic standpoint, let's say you're, you know, uh, up and coming filmmaker or something. You're trying to get your first film together and you're you heard about a really good cinematographer from a friend of yours that you can contact mm-hmm. just from a purely like pragmatic standpoint. You could have a really hard time getting in contact with that person if they're not on the same like social media plan as you. Like yeah. let's say they they pay for Twitter but they don't pay for Facebook and you do all your contacting through Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's just another completely arbitrary roadblock in the way of people doing these really simple, you know, networking tasks. Yeah. Um and it's it's just in completely absurd to me, you know. And with with terms to journalism, I think like this is an even bigger threat. Because, you know, I'm just talking about making films. You're talking about reporting the news. Yeah. So it's a bit more of a serious, like, existential threat on your part. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, especially since, um, you know, I mean, obviously the Internet's not going away. There's always going – it's always going to be present in um, the the social context. And it's only going to get more prevalent in the future. And now the the idea that um, there's going to be limitations put on, like, people – starting up their own companies. Um, uh, I mean, we work for, I work for Central Michigan Life, a uh, college pub- publication. There's already kind of um, an, a um, element of kind of like competitiveness with more um, more established um, right. news agencies. Right. And now, like, there's going to be just such a more... Um, 
stacked, I, I guess, like, st- there's more of a yeah. stacked deck against people just, like, I keep saying that just without resources. Now it's going to be entirely a resource game, whether that's money or just, like, um, I, th- I think that, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, because I was actually thinking about this the other day, how um, it's going to be a lot harder for people with other voices to kind of break into mm-hmm, the field, too, because... Yeah. Let's say, you know, taking it back more to like a filmmaking or a just television media type Mm -hmm. thing, because television's really exploded in the last few years, too, because of things like Netflix, these streaming services. But let's say net neutrality is completely repealed and uh, all of these companies are much more centralized, these media companies that are releasing this content to you. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm sure that most most people here who use YouTube every day notice that. Um, YouTube's a lot different now than it was five or six years ago. Yeah, just like a very short period of time. It's grown exponentially. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy Fallon, The Tonight Show, has a YouTube channel. You know, mm-hmm. Stephen Colbert has a YouTube channel, and they they have millions of subscribers. Mm-hmm. YouTube's a very, very corporate entity now. So they have to um, engage with their contact with their content and engage with people who create through their medium mm-hmm. in a different way. Except for Logan Paul, for some reason, you know, he gets to do whatever he wants. Well, that that's off topic. Anyway, but let's say you know uh, you want to break into filmmaking or break into you know television, and you want to create a kind of more uh, off-field show. Let's say you want to do a kind of mock talk show, or you want to make a film that's uh, a really harsh satire. Mm-hmm. There are studios throughout America and throughout the world that will indulge in that for you, but if if net neutrality is repealed and you have to kind of engage with the game on a more centralized base, it's going to be a lot harder to get Mm -hmm. your ideas in there. Anything Mm -hmm. that isn't a safe idea, because even now, you know, with the whole blockbuster model, this has been true since the 60s. You know, they want what works, they know what doesn't work, they test it over and over when something doesn't work, they stop it, they move on to the next thing. Now it's going to be a much more kind of, all right, well, we have it down to a science of what works now. We have all of the money behind us, and if we have even an inkling that this isn't going to work, we're not going to budget your film. We're not Mm going to give you a producer. Mm -hmm. And that, I think, is horrible because I think about how many – things that you're going to miss out on for the sake of very safe, sanitized corporate uh, entertainment. Yeah, it's going to be much easier for companies to have to, and to develop a sort of monopoly on um, media output, um, which is something that it's very unfortunate because um, just like the prevalence of people putting out their own media in the past couple of years has done so much to combat that. And now it's potentially going to be back to square one for a lot of people. Yeah, which... I was really hoping that the opposite would be true. And, you know, it still could be. Like, net neutrality could not be repealed. It hasn't, mm-hmm. it's not set in stone quite yet. Um, and I was really hoping that as, you know, social media just continues to expand more and more, that we can kind of return to that place of, I mean, we sort of do with, uh, you know, RIP, things like Vine, things mm-hmm. like Instagram. You do have a lot of people that are creators doing things entirely themselves, just being content creators. I mean, Mm -hmm. that job really didn't exist a few years ago. And you can really take that concept and apply it to things like filmmaking, like journalism, Mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, game design, whatever. Yeah. And now it feels like all this creativity is, has the potential to be completely squandered by 
uh, corporate interest and following where the money goes. Yeah. Know, which is rough. Especially it's it's it kind of defeats itself in that purpose because um, looking at like um, Facebook as depicted through the social network, like Netflix, like all these big, big kind of like um, monolithic companies that kind of rule the landscape now, like started as like startups yeah. um, by like individual people, individual groups. Um, um, Miramax, look at that. That was yeah. just like a startup thing and it totally mm-hmm. you know, became something horrible. But And so, yeah, I mean, it's even kind of, um, it, it doesn't, net neutrality, I don't think, um, the re- repealing of net neutrality doesn't even really make sense in, in like a capitalistic sense because it's just making competition that much harder for um, uh potentially very um, valuable competitors. Yeah. And since since Mitch brought up the big C word, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll just get into a little bit. <clears throat> There's a lot of stuff coming out now about how, oh, this is trying to um, remove an, an Obama mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, regulation. That was, Net neutrality has nothing yeah. to do with Obama. This goes mm-hmm. back to the mid-90s. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you really have a problem with net neutrality, like I guess you have a problem with Bill Clinton, but like join the club. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, if I were you, I would really try to engage in conversations with people that are in the tech industry. Talk to mm-hmm. people that really don't have any kind of stake in the matter. Like a Jeep Pie, people like him, Ben Shapiro, that are arguing for the repeal of net neutrality seem to not really have an argument or just like they have a critical misunderstanding of what it is. Yeah. And um, if I were you listening to this, look it up for yourself. Um there's thousands of of videos of people trying to you know educate other people on mm-hmm. the topic, but um, and articles as well from articles many, as well like, um, all over the place. Tech publications who like do their very best to like put it in simple and like very like e- easily understandable terms and very non politicized because yeah, it's definitely. it's not really a bias a partisan thing. Mm-hmm. It's really something that like. You know, I have friends that are like hardcore libertarians. Then I have friends that aren't, and like mm-hmm. they, they, we we all agree that like net neutrality is good. Yeah, but um, yeah, I I've been thinking about that more my first week here at uh, Central for my my second semester here. How I wonder if you know this major is going to come around to really like bite me in the ass if net neutrality mm-hmm. gets like totally repealed. I wonder if. There's other people in my major that kind of have that same worry. Okay, yeah. Do you ever have that worry being a journalism major? A little bit. It's like, I mean, every journalist I know has an uh, opinion on uh, net, net neutrality. Um, I can't think of anyone who's been in support of the repeal. I mean, it's it affects everybody, especially now. Um, I mean, we've talked very much about how, like, content creators, but, like, everybody who uses the Internet now yeah. is going to be affected by this. Um, people who are trying to... Um, kind of like jump into the next century and kind of like um, use all of the resources that the internet gives us um, uh, to, for our own benefit, like as much as we can, are going to be affected by it um, all the more. Yeah, just the the possibilities just seem to be endless as to what this could affect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so um, we both did a little bit of research mm-hmm. going into this episode. We both found some articles that kind of uh, give some points, some kind of insight into uh, what we're talking about today, I looked at it more from a filmmaking aspect, and I mm-hmm. found this great article on um, raindance.org uh, for anyone who's curious. And uh, the article is called Net Neutrality, Filmmakers, This Concerns You Too. 
um, written by Baptiste Charles. Shout out to Baptiste Charles for the solid article. And they're talking about in the article, and I'm paraphrasing, that um, if you look at the world as this kind of globally connected thing, we have um, the U.S. that is like uh, one of the most important powers in terms of media. Mm-hmm. We're really the most influential countries. But um, uh, the article details that Marshall Mac- McLuhan, I may be mispronouncing that, said that um, as citizens with the repeal of net neutrality, we're being deprived of deciding who we are in our content, in our mm-hmm. media. And we've talked a lot about <clears throat> film as a culture mm-hmm. yeah. uh, last season. And I feel like this is really indicative to the topic as well, specifically with filmmaking, because if we lose the cultural aspect to our filmmaking here in America, which I think that we kind of are mm-hmm. um, to an extent. It's been an up, <clears throat> uphill battle kind of like Yeah, always. yeah. I think that if we continue to kind of squander this kind of cultural identity that exists in American film, like, you know, all countries have, you know, their, their cultural ties to their filmmaking. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious about like where that's going to mean for like American culture as a whole, because if we don't have film, if we don't have really um, – media and art that's coming out that's very inspired from the perspective of artists and it's mm-hmm. coming more so only from the top down from this yeah. kind of corporate mandated thing. I'm curious about what that's going to mean for the culture as a whole because mm-hmm. I feel like right now in America we're pretty lost. We're pretty kind of in this weird middle ground. It's not even really a transition. We're just in this weird spot. Purgatory, maybe. Yeah, purgatory is a great word, to pu- <laughs> great way to put it. <clears throat> We're in this hell, essentially, <laughs> and uh, uh, I, <clears throat> I would love for us to be able to uh, have a really inspired underground come out again, or at least just uh, an inspired wave of content creators come out, because there mm-hmm. are a lot. But I feel like in terms of filmmaking, those voices are often neglected or squandered. And I feel like if net neutrality is repealed, that's just going to get worse and worse. Yeah. Because why is any studio going to care about your idea? You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. Why is any publication going to care about your story, even if it's true? Mm -hmm. You know, because at that point, when they have to compete with monopolies, money, money's already the the end goal in America. Like, we can't lie. But it's just going to get worse. Because now every single decision that these smaller companies make, the little guys, it's going to matter twice as much. You, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And kind of like the little guys versus the big guys has been one of the kind of like um, more most like prevalent stories in like American history and American mytho- – like the new myth- American mythology. Yeah. And now that this is kind of more – we said before, kind of like an existential threat for um, – uh, this generation's um, individual content creators who are unbacked by um, monopolies, or even their their individualism. I mean, mm-hmm. think about think about how much people express themselves with the internet now. Yeah, you know, absolutely. think about how much your personality is developed through the internet for a mm-hmm. lot of people. And speaking about that uh, existential threat, <clears throat> that kind of ties into another part of the article that I, I kind of just want to read from directly. They're talking about. Um, the death of a of a 
Federico Fellini, who was a very famous uh, director. Mm-hmm. And um, after his death, Martin Scorsese uh, gave this really long kind of lament on Fellini's passing that the article uh, directly talks about. And uh, Scorsese was really upset because he felt like <clears throat> at the time of Fellini's death, his films were already inaccessible enough mm-hmm. because he felt like at this time, before this whole net neutrality thing even, even happened, this was yeah. years ago, he felt like American audiences are deprived of a lot of films that uh, <clears throat> they should otherwise see. He felt mm-hmm. like culturally Americans are deprived of the grand scope of cinema, and I totally mm-hmm. agree with that. But um, Especially when it comes to like access to foreign markets of filmmaking. Foreign markets or even just uh, markets of filmmaking that aren't um, typical, that aren't mm-hmm. like typical Hollywood fodder. I mean, in other countries it seems that uh, – Filmmaking is a bit more level, whereas in America, mm-hmm. it's very, um, it's like a seesaw that never really changes. It's no one ever gets on the seesaw. You mm-hmm. know, it just kind of stays at this angle. Yeah. But Scorsese uh, had this to say about, you know, that whole idea. Uh, Scorsese, quote, the attitude that I've been describing celebrates ignorance. It has also unfortunately confirmed the worst fears of European filmmakers is this closed-mindedness something we want to pass along to future generations? If you accept the answer in the commercial, why not take it to its natural progression? Why don't they make movies like ours? Why don't they tell stories as we do? Why don't they dress as we do? Why don't they eat as we do? Why don't they talk? And why don't they think as we do? Mm-hmm. Which <clears throat> kind of ties indirectly to what I was saying earlier about how um, if in America we can't have this cultural idea of who we are through cinema, I mean, we're kind of left to other mediums to figure that out. Mm-hmm. And all of those mediums are kind of dependent on the internet. Yeah. So we're kind of screwed <laughs> if this all happens from yeah. like an existential mm-hmm. level. But what what did you look up? Um, one of the um, most informative articles I was able to find was an article um, – Published by um, Insider.com um, around the same time the, re- the repealing process actually happened. It's titled How Yesterday's Big Decision About the Internet Will Affect the Way You Stream TVs and Movies yep. um, by – and I might butcher this name, but Janeki Jakovo Shavut. I'm um, – it, it, It's as right as I was going to be. <laughs> um, and, there, and it comes – it kind of approaches the net neutrality a- aspect. Um issue from a couple a couple of perspectives but um like the title would imply it it really goes into how um companies like Netflix and YouTube um um could potentially be um affected by this um and um kind of like and how that kind of like trickles down how that's going to affect the customers and and the article includes um a quote from the founder and CEO of um a nonprofit called um Sorry, I'll start that again. Um, The article includes a quote from the founder and CEO of the Online Performers Group, which is kind of a company that represents some professional streamers. Um, um, The CEO's name is Omid um, Daranini, and he says kind of verbatim what we've been saying, like it's a threat. It's an existential threat to – YouTubers, um, streamers of all, um, kind of like up and coming um, people who want to have their voice heard um, through like the internet's resources. 
um, and it's going to be um, just so much harder for the for them um, for all all that kind of um, this new newer generations type of uh, media content creator. Are, are um, you familiar with the uh, adpocalypse? That whole term that happened on YouTube. Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of that. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of <clears throat> YouTube pulling out. Uh, you know, it's ad revenue incentive for uh, content that they deem not worthy of not ad suitable. revenue. Mm-hmm. Really, I mean, what's what's really to stop other companies from kind of behaving by the same mindset? You know, I mean, exactly. I don't know if I've really heard other people talking about this, but um, how you're going to be able to pay for these packages and like certain websites are included on the packages. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, what's to stop certain websites from not letting you access the you know, Wall Street Journal or yeah. Time Magazine or mm-hmm. Breitbart. You know, mm-hmm. if you really want to go read Breitbart, you know, yeah. your ISP could say nope. <laughs> and that's, you know, infringing on your rights as an American. You yeah. Know? Uh, whether I agree or disagree. I mean, this really does affect literally everybody. And even the people that are arguing for it, mm-hmm. it's going to negatively affect them. Because, like, I've heard YouTubers argue uh, for the repeal. And I'm like... Do you, do you really not want to make money? I don't I don't understand. What kind of arguments have they been putting forth? That <clears throat> just like very basic, like like oh, it, it's we're restoring freedom to the internet, we're st- restoring mm-hmm. liberty, and you know, I'll, we'll we'll let the free market decide how the internet works. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a lot of these empty buzzwords, buzzwords, these things that people like to hear. Um, you know, oh, don't believe the media, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, look, the media is wrong about stuff. But just because, like, they they were wrong about, like, Trump losing doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they're wrong about everything. Mm-hmm. Like, you can believe, like, some stuff that you read in the newspaper. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not it's not that serious. The media itself is more of a spectrum that I think most people realize. Like, when people say, oh, it's, things are the media's fault. I mean, like, pretty much everything that you read now nowadays is media. I mean, Breitbart is media. Yeah. Like, um... People stuff that people make themselves. Buzzfeed. Buzzfeed. Um, you YouTubers like and anybody who has a YouTube channel like they're part of this media, mm-hmm. and now this is just and people. And I think one of the core tenets of um, that people of um, American life that a lot of people have gravitated towards is like the idea of completely free media, and now this is this goes just kind of like, completely against that. Absolutely, yeah. So. Uh, Pretty intense stuff, but yeah, a lot of those buzzwords seem to be mm-hmm. the uh, general consensus. So, <clears throat> I think with that, you kind of get the right idea of where we're coming from with this. Um, it's something that we really care about a lot. I know it's not a hot topic, you know, mm-hmm. right now. Um, there's other things that are absorbing the news that we're not going to get into. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I really implore that if you know you haven't heard about net neutrality, you haven't heard about how this could affect something that you enjoy on the mm-hmm. internet or your ability to find movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a show dedicated to film. I want to dedicate my life to film. It's what I'm going to school for. This is like, <clears throat> you know, someone, uh, you know, thre- th- threatening football. Yeah. You know? Like if you, if you play mm-hmm. football here and the, Oh, we're going to have a, uh, uh, f- football repeal, whatever that could possibly mean. It's something that is really serious and it affects all of us and uh, happy that we got to talk about it. Our mm-hmm. first first episode back of the new season. So with me as always, Mitch, thanks a lot. Uh, thank you, everybody. This has been Mitchell Kakalka. 
And I'm Brent Gunn. This has been Moving Pictures. Thank you for listening.